Welcome to Wise Monkeys Podcast. I am your host, Gabriel Fronza. Today I'm talking with Thomas Conine. He's a friend of mine for many years. He's a musician, he's an artist, and I see him mainly as a philosopher. In today's episode, we're discussing one story. Imagine that your house is on fire and you feel the urge to save one item, to risk your life, run inside and bring it back with you. What item would that be? That's what we talk about. Around that subject, we discussed other topics as well, which include detachment, discipline, the amazing guitar hobby, psychedelics, why being in a relationship, radical honesty, the story of having the wrong person finding your journal. And at the end, we discuss what would life be like if everyone could read each other's minds all the time. My mind was blown several times throughout our conversation, and I hope yours will be too. Enjoy. Yeah, so Thomas, I really appreciate you being my uh, guitar instructor. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Yeah. <laughs> the pleasure is all mine. I really appreciate the corona times because... Until now, I've been um, having a hard time being by myself for a long period of time, just with my hobbies in my, yeah. in my own little bubble. But I learned to enjoy it. And playing the guitar has been definitely one of the best activities I've ever found. And it's actually pretty hard, but still. <laughs> yeah, man. I find the same thing. I mean, at first it was getting pretty uh, lonely or something, but you get used to it, right? I wonder how many people actually got used to it and how many people are still resisting it and suffering. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man, because for me it seems like the only thing that's kind of annoying for daily life is like no clubbing or no bars or something or open or restaurants and... At least for me, it wasn't really part of my life to be going to bars. It wasn't really part of my life to be going to clubs anymore. Those days are over. <laughs> Thomas is an old dog. Yeah. It doesn't seem much different. Well, I, I think we are lucky that uh, we live in a place where both the place and our lifestyle go well with isolation and quarantine. <laughs> We go out to the park, we jog, we work out outside yeah, 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 and then yeah, yeah. the guitar inside. You really don't need much to meditate. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I've meditated a lot over uh, Corona. <laughs> you actually had your own retreat inside of your house. How was that? Well, it's quite nice, but it was a bit too much for me in the end. But I do notice that, okay, the days that I did that, in the morning. How many hours? Sometimes I would do like an hour and 10 minutes, around 45 minutes. I felt fantastic that day. And I noticed definitely a, a way more relaxed feeling over the day. And during my work as well, sometimes it gets to the point where you've got an hour to go or something and you really just don't want to be there anymore. Yeah. Sometimes I would meditate bef right before a shift, even just 15 minutes. 
and then I just kind of do the work pretty happily. Sure, I would rather <laughs> be doing something else, but... So it's like a power bar you eat and uh, it gives you this boost. It's more like just the tolerance. <laughs> <laughs> tolerance for? Tolerance. It's like less emotionality or something. Maybe you're emotional or something and you have a lot of thoughts like, don't want to be doing this, don't want to be doing this, but you just don't really have that so much or it's quieter or something. Mm. When you meditate, you do have tons of thoughts coming, but you get good at like you let it come and, and go and yeah. continue on your breath or something. I think still kind of do that during your day or something. But maybe if you don't do it, then you have the thoughts come. Oh, it's quite cold. I would like to be at home right now. Yeah. And then, fuck, I really want to be at home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry. Yeah. Oh, I would love to have a new fill in the blank TV, computer, phone camera yeah i had a situation that i told you i was making some trades recently in, in the stock market and i made a mistake and i lost quite a big sum of money and the first thing in my body was this sense of my stomach turning upside down mm. and feeling very emotional about it but what worked for me was to feel the emotion and not rationalize anything not think of not think of solutions or not, not think of my mistake or even you know if, if if someone else does it you would advise that person or you would you could even punish that person right and that happens in our head and for me the best thing was to really really try <laughs> to just feel that Tension in my body, my stomach mostly, mm -hmm. that felt like some kind of grief, a detachment, detachment of money. Yeah. And, well, actually, the money was just a bunch of new numbers on my computer. Yeah. But once I was able to, to accept that emotion, to say, okay, I'm going to feel bad right now, or I'm going to feel this, not even labeling as bad, but I'm just going to feel this and... Mm. See how it goes. Yeah, that thing disappeared. Yeah. And eventually I was able to have a to reframe the situation as fuck yeah. I'm glad this happened. Because one, I've I've just realized I'm not the expert I thought I was. Mm -hmm. What a great opportunity for me to learn it. <laughs> right? A slap on the face. Either you you put your tail between your legs and run away, or you save. No, I'm going to learn how to win at this shit. And investing and trading is also uh, the human psychology in a macro scale. Mm -hmm. And they say buy high, buy low and sell high. But once you're in, it's really, it's really a mind fuck on how easy it is to do the opposite. Yeah, I guess I was thinking about, you said you let, like letting go of the money and some grief that you lost it, but I, I'm sure you had visions or imaginings that, that investment was going to grow. So you're also letting go of the money that you could have made. The hope, yeah. yeah or, or what you could have bought with what you lost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah detachment. Well, the reason why I'm asking you this is because you're a musician. Mm -hmm. You're a creative. I'm looking at a painting you made of you and your dad, which looks am amazing. Yeah. It's written Amorifati all over it. Yeah. What is the meaning of Amorifati? Even means love of fate. Love of fate. 
Yeah, like a love of everything that happens. <sighs> That's some hippie shit. <laughs> I, th I think in that book he said the, the meditations by Marcus Aurelius, he said something like, something that happens to you imagine that you chose that it happened or something like that as if it's your decision yeah 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 tragic events i don't know why it ended up this love of fate there i sort of that painting has turned out completely different to what it was supposed to like, isn't it always like that it, i put the love of fate thing there right yeah around the outside and in the middle was supposed to be two wolves fighting <laughs> one 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 sort of white friendly one and one uh, dark angry one there's that story of the within every person there's two wolves that love and the anger and they're fighting and the son asks his dad well which one wins and he's like well whatever one you feed more Oof. So the painting turned out to be you asking your dad which one wins. Well, not exactly. Because just so the people who are listening can picture this, you painted your face and your cheek is touching your dad's cheek. And you guys are both facing something, but I can also see that you're very close to each other. Yeah, yeah. And then the art, the graphics around it is a bunch of a modifati word written everywhere. Yeah. I think a lot of spelling errors as well. <laughs> Italian, right? It's tough. <laughs> yeah, so meditation for creatives. You're a musician, you're an artist. Mm -hmm. Do you think this profession fits you because your mind is all over the place and that's why you're a creative person? Because, you know, creativity is it's kind of a battle with... Finding focus. Yeah, actually I was thinking about this exactly today and maybe that is what it is, And but you have to pick one tool or something. You don't have to pick one, but you choose something where you can express all those ideas or where your mind goes. A kind of energy that can be interested in a lot of things and thinking different things or putting things together that other people don't think are together to make some idea or something. Yes. A huge struggle for me over the years is discipline. And I think that's why I'm falling in love with the guitar so much is because I have to be like, I can't just without learning how this thing works and all the different theory and how to make the the right noises that sound good if i just start doing stuff i might have good ideas but it's gonna sound like crap so yeah and you know i always found the guitar to be such a mainstream instrument i felt like oh i want to be different so i bought a bunch of instruments that i never enjoyed because i, I wasn't listening to it yeah yeah and the first time i heard you playing the guitar Man, it touched me in an impressive way. I felt the guitar had a very emotional tone, which maybe because of its simplicity, the instrument is it's something I hear often. Mm -hmm. I just could relate a lot with. 
To be honest, the story is that I was playing volleyball during Corona with a friend and mm -hmm. I saw an Asian guy playing guitar by himself on the corner of the court. Yeah, it's yeah. like an open space. And I'm like, okay, there is a guy playing guitar here. Let me say hi to him. And he was playing just to himself. And I said, man, play it loud, you know, share the fucking value. Yeah. You're producing something that makes people smile and you're keeping it to yourself. Uh -huh. And I noticed he was a shy person. Mm -hmm. And I, we can relate with that. I suppose you can as well. Yeah, yeah. You need to feel invited to speak up, to express yourself. You feel like you need a certain permission. And in the end, you don't need anyone's permission. <laughs> so yeah. I saw that and I'm like, man, I would like to play the guitar and provide this value. And, and actually that guy was the first person to ever teach me how to play a little bit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. He was nice. really happy to socialize with someone. Mm -hmm. And then he moved away. Oh, you knew the guy. Uh, yeah, I met him he there. He just I moved from the spot. He didn't like No, he, he actually moved to a different city. Okay. Yeah, he was an international student, but yeah. because of Corona, I had to go back home. And he was really struggling with being by himself. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me that it's attractive to introspective people or shy people. I have a friend who has done some musicology studies and the same when you're thinking about what notes you're going to play or you know when a, a jazz guitarist is improvising or something the same parts of his brain are going off as if i'm having a conversation with you and thinking what words to say now yeah is like a conversation with yourself and the instrument you're like saying something you know it's fucking nice even though it's noises but not words, it still conveys some kind of emotion. And there are noises that you cannot find in nature. <laughs> yeah. And it's strange. The noises, they're not words, but if you play a certain chord, it gives a feeling to your body. Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> it leads me to the question. We were talking about detachment and mindfulness and all that. If your house caught on fire, what would you rescue from your place? If it was really a fire and I was just grabbing without really thinking it, I would take the guitar, the, the music book and the stand, even though all of it's replaceable. Very replaceable. I'm very curious about what most people do in your place if they would take something that is worth more money or if they would take something that it has a, a bigger emotional connection to them. I don't know. Maybe they would take something with more money. Something that I find interesting is that you and I, we barely own anything. We moved from our countries. You mm. come from New Zealand. I come from Brazil. And it's just more practical to rent a house with someone who has furniture yeah. <laughs> or a house already furnished. So for you to move out of your house was so simple, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I moved my stuff out from my house yesterday and you helped me. Yeah. And it was a fascinating experience where we found a dumpster <laughs> in front of a school. We opened it. It was clean and empty. 
I own a few things, but they are they can be quite heavy together. We would have so many trips to go back and forth. Yeah, that would have been that would have taken you hours without that thing. Seriously. And we just said, "Fuck it, let's take this dumpster." We pushed it towards my house. <laughs> we filled it with all my stuff, and it was such a beautiful moment to bring it back. <laughs> you, me, and my old flatmates, Diderik, who was in episode one. We were pushing that thing, looking like three homeless guys. <laughs> And yet we had a great time. We moved the entire house. Yeah, it was fun, man. The worst thing would happen would be that someone would take the dumpster. From your house. Yeah, and yeah. take all my stuff away. Or they throw some trash inside of it. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. In the end, it was I was so glad that we had that and the longboard because I said that I would come over, but that day also I, I, I hadn't practiced much guitar, so I felt a little bit guilty about that and then I was saying yes to you kind of saying no to myself so I think if it had been like we're doing all these trips and it'd been long I might have maybe not bitter towards you but maybe in myself a bit like uh should have said no what a waste yeah. of time or something but it was so perfect I appreciate that you did it despite the risk of not enjoying it. And to be fair, I, it's not something I like to ask for a help. Yeah. Because I know it's no one's favorite pastime to be bringing stuff upstairs, downstairs, and carrying it in yeah. your lap. And I mean, I knew I was going to enjoy it because I was going to be hanging out with you guys, so it would be fun anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so then it doesn't matter the activity. <laughs> Yeah. I have to move out soon again, so um, <laughs> come have some fun, carry some boxes. Yeah, should we go to like a dump and look for a <laughs> trash can or something? Oh, man. I, I love the improv that we looked at it and we said, fuck it, let's yeah. do it. We looked around, nobody, okay, let's take it. <laughs> and and then we returned in the same spot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Thomas... The story about the fire, I actually, I lost a house when I was 18 years old. Yeah. Where I'm from in Brazil, there is a river. Mm -hmm. And in the 80s or in the 70s, there was a big flood. And, well, people, they forget about it and eventually they move on with their lives. I grew up in that town, but I moved to another city. And one day my parents called, hey, I think the house is going to get underwater. Wow. The water reached the second floor of the house. Mm -hmm. It was ridiculous. We put stuff on the second floor trying to save it. And we lost everything. Yeah. So, I actually didn't have a chance to save anything. Luckily, a lot of it already was either in my house or in the cloud digitally. <laughs> yeah. But when it happened in the 70s or 80s, mm. my grandparents lost all their photos of my dad. Wow. So I, I have no clue how he looked like when he was young. My God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the same fate could have happened to me, but uh, well, thanks for hard drives and phones and all that shit. It's so the stuff that... Facebook. So the stuff that you would have lost, you would have been uh, regretful of is photos and things like that. Yeah. 
would be that because you know, we change a lot. When I look at who I was even four years ago, it's I feel like I'm a completely different person. Yeah, yeah. How I deal with problems, how I relate with other people, mm-hmm. how even the relationship I'm in compared to my previous one. And it's weird to look in the mirror and see the same person and yet it feels like it's someone else. Yeah, yeah. On the topic of the fire thing, when I was younger, I guess, I think it was 15 or something. I'm not sure what age. We had a garage underneath our house. Our house was like on top of this concrete platform and the garage was dug into it all concreted out and over the years my parents had just accumulated a lot of stuff and the garage we would ask things like can we use uh, the garage for something and but it was just full of stuff and if you had to get anything from there you're climbing over paint and ping pong tables and mattresses like from the back wall to the front door is just full of stuff. Yeah. Some of the stuff is good stuff as well, but still stuff we like never use. There was a festival up the road from me and we all went to the festival and then we came back and we go to sleep. And then at four o'clock in the morning, we hear knocking on our door and it's the neighbor and they could smell smoke everywhere. And somebody had somehow lit a fire in the garage and closed the garage door and just a huge inferno was going on in this closed garage and it all burnt it all burnt to shit then the fire brigade comes and they're like have their axes trying to cut down the thing and they can't do it so everything in there gets burned and basically nothing is salvageable And my parents get some insurance for, they write down everything that was in there and get some money back for, for what was in there. And with that money, they didn't replace a single thing that was in there. All of it was garbage, basically. Like, not garbage, there's some quite cool stuff in there, like a canoe, ping pong table, all kinds of stuff. But we didn't replace anything. Yeah. The only thing that is kind of sad that we didn't get was my uncle who, well, he's passed away now, but he had a record, a box of records and it was like old Led Zeppelin records and like all this awesome music from the 60s and 70s in there and the vinyls all just got burnt to crap. So that's... that. That's the the sad one? Yeah, otherwise nothing... Nothing. Wow. You need to be kicked on the face to detach yourself from something. <laughs> yeah, wow. sometimes. It's the same as a bad relationship. Yeah. You're really attached to that person in some dependable way, even though it doesn't work. Mm. You can't imagine yourself without it. And then finally, when you break up and you deal with the grief for a while, you think, holy shit. My life is so much lighter. Yeah, yeah. This detachment is... I actually have a story. Basically, a couple of months ago, I had an experience 
with ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of it? I have heard of it. Yes. So it's a it's a shamanic brew, but it has been used mainly by Native American tribes from the Amazon forest. And well, it's it's a really powerful psychedelic. And the trip that I had, which was quite transformative for me, when I started to feel the effect of the drink, which is completely natural, it's just a plant, I closed my eyes and I felt as if I was dying. I know this sounds negative, but actually I felt as if I was detaching myself from my name, Mm -hmm. from my body, from my voice, from my memories and the people that I've ever connected with. Mm -hmm. It really felt like a goodbye life. And at first I resisted a little bit because it felt a bit scary, but then immediately the voice in my head came and said, just smile at it in a second, bro. I felt in complete peace. Uh Uh-huh complete peace, feeling a certain level of bliss, as if I could see things for what they really were. Mm -hmm. All these external things, they make life more interesting, but they can also be a big burden. And if they don't serve you anymore, why should you have it? Yeah. Yeah. And that same philosophy applies to certain relationships as well. We were discussing what is a relationship? Like, why would you befriend someone? Why would you make a girl your girlfriend or a boy your boyfriend? Mm-hmm. I think it is because together you guys are better than individually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think in my past, I've been very irresponsible and relationships who I end up with in a relationship and for how long it is and my level of honesty about my feelings and stuff so yeah I would say I'm not a very good (laughs) person to talk about this you're creative I guess I could think about everything that I have done in relationships and try do the opposite, and it would probably be an amazing relationship. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! On the on the subject of honesty, have you read the book by Brad Blanton called Radical Honesty? No, I've heard about it, and I know it's something for me. Which is also why I'm so afraid to read it. (laughs) Man, that book, it blew my mind. And I got to say, I'm happy I found it in the beginning of my current relationship. Mm -hmm. Because it made me face sharing certain truths that I knew it could hurt my partner. Yeah. Doing so anyway. So one is giving me the courage to do it. Two is to be congruent and authentic. Mm. And three, it develops trust. Yeah. Because the other person knows that no matter how much you fuck up, your word is the truth. Yeah, it's an honest signal. 
being honest about your weaknesses. And I think this is what mm. people really want around themselves. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily dishonest, but it's more like expressing yourself honestly, true to yourself and your feelings in spite of the possibility of hurting the person. Actually, in the end, it's more like you're saving them all these small hurts, but setting them up for a big slap across the face in the future, as opposed to all these little hurts, but at least they know that it's just little hurts. Yeah. I mean, the concept is on the title of the book, but goes really in depth on this subject. Mm -hmm. And it recommends some extreme things. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I've heard, yeah. Yeah, there was a chapter explaining that if you cheat on your spouse, the radical honesty is to sit in front of each other and describe with 100% detail what happened. And I think it's hard to imagine. And the authors say that you are hurting another person and you shouldn't expect that they will forgive you. Mm -hmm. But when you are fully honest, you're also expressing why you cheated. Why were you weak? If you agreed that this was not okay and you did it anyway, mm. what is within you that seeks something outside of your relationship? Maybe you are unhappy with yourself. Maybe you're unhappy with your partner. So it opens a, a dialogue window. I do remember one powerful experience where I, I guess I got the idea from some book or something, but it's like if there's a person who's giving you trouble for whatever reason, one trick that you can do is start to think of that person doing something they like or something going well for them. And I remember this time where I... I sort of just meditated for a while on all kinds of good things happening to her and all her goals and dreams working out well and her being very happy and well. everything working out nicely. And um, and the next time we saw each other, it was like she was just all happy, smiley, wow. everything. So that's uh, pure compassion. You saw the humanity in her and, well, when people are happy, they treat each other really well. Mm. I mean, I have no idea if my visualizations literally had an effect on her, but maybe she could tell also my vibe to her was now more wanting good for her yeah. than just being annoyed or whatever. <laughs> yeah, people can tell. Yeah. I think women are definitely very skilled in telling when someone is very open and present and wishing good things they can also tell when something's weird is going on yeah yeah from a mile away yeah yeah it can also uh have a problem with you that they don't tell you <laughs> until two months later <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> i don't know if i should say but i guess in the Spirit of honesty. <laughs> <laughs> there was one girlfriend that I that we broke up. Yeah, it was quite troubling for me. So I ended up doing some kind of journal to myself about the relationship. And I just sort of vented, wrote down everything I didn't like about it, about her, 
about why it's good and I wrote all this stuff and even some of the stuff I think was not even my true thoughts or maybe it was, <laughs> but I'm not sure. But some of it was very harsh. Yes. And Proper uh, pain body. Yeah. Very harsh stuff. I forgot about that it was in one of my journals, this thing. And uh, I journal quite a lot, so probably I wrote other stuff and just forgot about it. I guess after a week or so, uh, me and the girl actually got back together. And then we were together for quite some time, like one or two months. One day, things were just not right. And I knew it was nothing to do with that day, so I probed a little bit and she finally broke and I found your journal where you wrote all this stuff about me. Holy shit, and man. She had known about it for like a month already or something and was kind of just... Did she tell you that? That she knew for a while? Yeah, yeah. Like she wrote it a long time ago and didn't, didn't know what to say or didn't know what to think about it. But you could tell that something was odd. Well, not like the whole time, you know. Things were actually going pretty well. After we got back together, I think things were going pretty well. But I think she didn't tell me about it because I had, I was like, now I'm not so private about the journals and stuff. I don't want anyone reading my journal. After this happened and we talked about it and talked about everything written there and, and everything, well, I'm now actually... a. I don't care so much if a girlfriend would read my journal because it's in the end it's not that bad. Because now you're like, oh, if she finds it, I better write some nice stuff about her. Yeah, I just <laughs> only write good things. No, no, but, you know, I So you wrote... just planted your journal in her house, right? <laughs> Oops, I forgot it there. Don't read it, please. And then he's like, oh, she's such a sweetheart. Yeah, but before I was really scared about it, you know? Not because I thought there was really bad stuff written in there, but more out of insecurity or yeah. something. So I was very protective, which made her more curious. And I had asked her many times, like, don't look at the stuff. Yeah. I'd even been, like, very firm about it. Yeah. And she did. So she also felt she had done something wrong by looking at it. Yeah. A lot could have been avoided by actually telling what you were feeling. Yeah, but I think we already did that in the the whole breaking up. I see. So there's something about the written word that makes it more powerful than well, the spoken word. I'm happy if I can just end it and the relationship is over. It's not necessary for me to tell her everything about why and stuff. Fair but enough. I did do it for myself. No, fair enough. I get it. I didn't need to do that to her. But in the end, she uh, got it anyway. I'm sure we all have parts of our brain we would like to keep private. <laughs> yeah. And you thought, um, why keep it in my brain? I'm going to put it on paper. And she found it. She found it, yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many relationships would be destroyed if people actually could read each other's minds. Do you think we would be able to have friends even? <laughs> well, it maybe it would be a lot more normal. So, Have you heard of the thought police? I've, I've heard the term. 
It's from a book called 1984. Okay. Basically, it's a society where everyone is under surveillance at all times. Yeah. Everyone is part of the system. It's basically what happens with communism if mm -hmm. it doesn't end. And everyone has a computer that follows them around and is giving them propaganda at all times mm -hmm. and is also watching them and listening to them. So everyone is recorded. If you show in your eyes any sign of frustration with the system mm. or that you're angry at the system, they will find out. They are observing you. Yeah. People talk to each other and they are always testing each other. Everyone is so tired of it that the only way to survive is to actually believe in the unbelievable. Is to actually convince yourself you are part of some good system. Mm -hmm. And that the big brother wants you wants you well. Yeah. Wow, I think that's kind of already uh society a bit, right? Yeah. It's a fascinating book. Yeah. But thinking about that reading minds thing and if you could even have friends i think if you could read each other's minds maybe you would get used to reading like the levels of a thought how often do you just go like automatically without thinking about it the thoughts come without thinking about it like yes. some old man walks past you and you already have judgments about whatever like oh i'm not gonna be like that People just come and you can't even help yourself. Like the thoughts about them come out before before you even think it through or anything. So maybe you would have friends and we would sit here and and I would be like, why is he fucking biting his lip like that, the <laughs> dick? And then I'd be like, oh, sorry, man. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> I, I hope people would become really present to quiet their mind. Yeah. Uh, what you're describing is fallacy called false attribution fallacy. I read about that uh, yesterday. Anytime we fuck up, mm -hmm. we have an, a context. We have excuses for it, right? Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, not yeah. an evil person. You just said the wrong thing at the wrong time because you were tired or because someone else stepped on your foot and you were carrying that anger. Mm -hmm. But to other people, we don't think about context. Yeah, you know your whole story. Yes. To other people, what we see is what we categorize. We see someone obese and immediately we think he doesn't care at all about himself. He's just some, yeah, a person who has no self-respect for their health. Mm -hmm. But you don't think of the whole, what if you were in his shoes? Yeah. You will have a great explanation. Yeah. Man, but that takes energy to every time some shit happens. You think this person who's caught me in traffic and is screaming at me is probably having a bad day. Okay. If we go back to this imaginary world where you can hear everyone's thoughts, you would notice because maybe I, I would say something about you but then I would think something positive or whatever. But if I was really angry at you, it would be like a loop, like on and on. It this is guy, like that, right? Guy, it it never really ends until you get your peace, until you 
tell me what you you wanted to express. You know, you're angry, so you you express that by putting someone else down, yeah. by giving a certain sense of justice. You can also have other thoughts come in before you say something that's like, oh, no, it's probably okay and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but that is a bit coward. <laughs> well, I don't know. It depends, <laughs> depends what it is. Like, do depends you... who you're dealing with. If it's a big guy, you're like, yeah, I think it's not the problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, but some sometimes it's it's really not worth it. You got to pick your battles or something like I guess it, back to the material goods thing and like saving something more expensive. Everything that I value is because it serves the purpose of my goal or something. So if someone cuts me in line in the supermarket or whatever, I can kind of let it go because if I go first, does that actually, I take a moment to think about what I want, you know? Depends on the situation yeah. and on how much it affects me at the time. But It's an opportunity to meditate in the line. <laughs> to experience the friendly yeah. and wild environment of the supermarket. And what I've found anyway is someone's done something and you have the opportunity to either call them out or let it go. Well, letting it go, also you can still kind of harbor a bit of the feelings inside. Right. There is a difference between repression. Yeah. But what I've felt and letting go. Maybe it's because I don't do it so often, but if I confront the person and call them out, the feeling's not better, <laughs> really. Now I'm thinking, shit, should I have said that? Or Yeah. It's not like you say something and you're like, Yeah, champion of the world and Yeah, yeah. It still feels bad. It, it reminds me of this story of a man who was in a train yeah. and next to him there were children, two kids running around like crazy and annoying the shit out of everyone. And the father, who was there by himself, he seemed to not care. So this man eventually was exhausted of the kids and came to the father and said, Sir, why the fuck don't you take you get your children to stay quiet? It's annoying everyone. Mm -hmm. And the man looked at him and he was crying. Yeah. So he immediately apologized and said, sorry, my friend, I, uh, I'm returning from the hospital. Your mother just passed away. And with that change of context, the children are not so annoying anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah. I think the word is compassion. So, so should you call someone out or not? Yeah. I mean, it's good that you connected with the man. I'm trying to think of times where I actually get angry at someone in my life on a regular basis. Something happened today for me. Yeah. I entered my girlfriend's house. Mm -hmm. at, it's a building that she lives in and... I pushed the door of the entrance, but I didn't push it enough to close. So basically it didn't close and it stayed open. And above her lives an old lady who's, I think she's one of those crazy cat ladies. Mm -hmm. She cares that the door was open. She really does. Five, ten minutes later, she comes knocking on the girlfriend's door. She was busy working. 
So I came to the door and this lady was screaming at me in Dutch. Mm -hmm. And yeah, she was making clear to me that the door being open was the worst thing ever. And she was screaming and it was kind of shocking to me. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I didn't do it on purpose. So at first I'm like, Are you, was it me? Yeah. But I think it was. And I said, sorry. Yeah, I won't do that again. Uh, I definitely don't want him, her to knock on my door about this. So I won't do it again. But the next moment I caught myself feeling anger. Mm -hmm. I thought, what a bitch. Mm -hmm. How dare she come to the door here and scream at my face. You know, my ego was hurt. Yeah. And I was actually fixing my girlfriend's bed with uh, some tools that I bought today. And it was looking really nice. And even though I had this activity to do, I felt that my mind was running a million kilometers per hour trying to think of what I could have said to that lady. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy how it doesn't give up like that. It 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 keeps going. It keeps like... going. Even if I came up with the best answer... <laughs> If I smash the door on her face and scream from behind the door, <laughs> you, it wasn't me or whatever, you know? I even yeah, thought yeah. about lying that wasn't me, you know? I thought about, not on purpose, it just came to my mind. Yeah. All the things I could have done, all the attacks, all the defenses, and eventually I said enough of this. So I decided to sit down and I just experienced the anger without trying to have any thoughts to it. Yeah. And in five minutes, bro, when my girlfriend finally had a break, she came to me asking, what happened? She heard a bit, so she was like annoyed as well. And I said, yeah, the lady, uh, she basically taught me how to be aware of this. And I appreciate that she did. Of course, the way that she told me demonstrates that her life is not, you know, she's not really floating in bliss, but... I could let go and I yeah. didn't care if her day was perfect, better or not. I just felt like, yeah, this is not my problem. Yeah. I, I want to worry about the big things. I don't want to worry about this. So when I finally set to experience the, the pain, yeah, it's gone. Yeah. It's funny because you can't think yourself out of it because you've already, you're, you're having all those angry thoughts or whatever and at some point you're like this is ridiculous like i don't care about this anymore but it continues and i guess what you did is allow that energy to dissipate or something because the the energy is still there so the thoughts keep coming man that's that's nice because i've had sometimes in my work something happens or something happened before or I can remember a time where I had an argument with someone and just for five hours it was like comical at some point because I'm watching it just, like you said, thinking about all the best things to say or whatever. I knew that I, I don't care, I don't even care anymore, but the, it just continues. I should have just sat down. At that point, <laughs> sat down for a while. Oh, yeah. No, I... Even nowadays, I forget this lesson, mm. but when it comes to mind again, it uh, always works, no matter where. Diederik, my previous guest, mentioned this book. It's called Letting Go by David R. Hawking. He, uh, he mentioned to me that when his mother passed away, this book helped him deal with the, the grief. Wow. Yeah. 
concept of the book, right? This idea of really jumping into the emotion. I like the the metaphor. I didn't see this one in this book. It was in another one. It's the voices that you're hearing. Imagine it's a child version of yourself that you're there on the couch chilling, reading a book or watching a movie. Mm. And this little Thomas comes. Hey, Thomas, 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 Thomas. Pay attention to me. And then you're like, listen, get out of here. I don't want to. And he starts to scream at you. Mm. And you say, shut the fuck up. I'm trying to chill here. And then the kid gets even more aggressive, more sad, and it becomes a big deal. Yeah. But what the kid really wanted, really, was a hug. Mm. Was you to say, come here, man. You're fucking great, Thomas. Little Thomas. You're going to grow. You're going to become the lead guitar player. Of course, no doubt. (laughs) So, Thomas, can you give a little demonstration of your music, please? (laughs) A little bit. stuff thanks for the demonstration hey bro time has come to its end fortunately i have to get going no worries we can uh, continue unmiked unphoned some other time 100 <laughs> percent. man thank you very much this was a lot of fun yeah man thanks for having me Hello, everybody. I hope you enjoyed our podcast today. Make sure to join our community page on Facebook, where you can also answer the questions that I ask right here at the end of each episode. This question of today will be, what would you save if your house caught on fire and you had the time to save one item? Make sure to also tell us why that object is so important for you. That sounds interesting. Have a good day and goodbye. Ciao, ciao.